Ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to I Like To Movie Movie. Um, we have a very special episode tonight, but before anything, I uh, just want to go ahead and say thank you to everyone who came out to Movie Movie Live, Schwarzenegger edition. Thank you indeed. It was a grand success. It was a lot of fun, and we'll be back next month with uh, Killer Animals. Killer Animals. So, so do we have a date on that, that yet? Uh, April 16th? April sounds 16th. right to me. That is, that uh, is that's correct. correct yes, April 16th. And it's going to be a late night show, I think, comparatively. Mm-hmm. 10.30 start time, something to that effect. I can't remember exactly. Like we'll, have, we'll have stuff but up for this coming on But you can come first and watch, uh, I think it's Killer Shark versus Giant Octopus. I believe that is accurate. So it's actually predated by a movie, and then we have that. So uh, that's coming up time. in the future. But tonight, we have uh, something very special going on, but we'll start with some introductions. My name is Dan Scully. My name is Garrett Smith. And with us, we have a former panelist from Movie Movie Live. We have Miss Joe Pincushion. Yo, what's up? And so you are here tonight as part of a promotion to a film that you are working on. Yes. Um, Tell us all about it. I am here to shamelessly promote American <laughs> Exorcist. No shame. No shame. None no, at all. you know what? There is no shame because this movie is going to be awesome. I'm uh, excited. We are in the final days of our Kickstarter. So if you like to support independent film, I'm going to cut to the chase and go to AmericanExorcistMovie.com. We're uh, only, uh, as of today, we're only seven days away. So. Whoa. Uh, we're raising fifteen thousand. How close are you to goal? We're at eleven five this oh. week. Oh, and you have a week? Yeah. You guys can do it. And we're going to Monster Mania this weekend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're you gonna, guys will do it. It's, it's like the final push. It's very nerve wracking. Yeah. Uh, so the have you guys shot? The shot, movie shot, right? Yeah. All shot. principal mm-hmm. photography. We were at Twelfth and Chestnut all of February, mm-hmm. and it was the most exhilarating and like where I best live. experience of my life. Really? Yeah, I live at Twelfth and Chestnut. I should have texted. You should have uh. come visit me on set. That's <laughs> <laughs> all right. Next time. Next time. Next time. It's but a one location movie. It was is the that? best location ever. Yeah. Uh, the the film takes place on a haunted high rise. Uh-huh. So we had one office building that they were going to tear down eventually. So I know this precise building. You're yeah. speaking of. Well, they said yeah. to us, like, you can do whatever you want to the walls. And Whoa. as a location for a horror film, we were like, yes. So we no could, cleanup, like, none of that no, shit? No, we That's found awesome. stuff all over. It was old, an old family court, so it was an extra eerie Did building. you guys adapt the m- sort of the movie, the story at all, to just like, hey, we've got this location that we could fuck up in this way, so let's just no, fucking do I it? No, I mean, um, Tony Trove and Johnny Zito wrote it. They wrote it with one location okay. um, because when they did Alpha Girls, they learned all these lessons as you do with every film yeah, that yeah. you make. So they wanted to simplify. They wanted a smaller cast, one location, mm-hmm. uh, because obviously our budget is extremely low budget. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we, we tried to originally get the uh, Inquirer building. Oh, yeah. But they didn't have any heat or running water, so <laughs> that would not have worked out for us yeah. at all. But uh, we stumbled upon this uh, location at the end of the year, uh, 2014, and it was... I mean, it's just like the stars aligned. It was great. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's funny. Like I don't know if people followed me on Snapchat, but... We drew on the walls. We had we had you know, we can go tear apart a room and get props and stuff like that. We built another floor. Um, <laughs> there was uh, obviously a rap party, and we had something called the Splatomatic Three Thousand. Ooh, that sounds is, fun. Yeah, what they made was a little blood cannon for uh, some of the. Uh, gunplay that we did during the film. Uh-huh. So when we were at the rap party, needless to say, uh, the Splatomatic 3000 made an appearance, and there's just like a room filled with like blood splatters everywhere. <laughs> Sounds incredible. Awesome. Yeah, they're gonna like walk through the the building after and be like, "What kind of 
movie was this? Uh, I assume that means there's plenty of splatter in the movie. Yeah, there's a, there's a brains everywhere. Oh, there's like, I'm just imagining the demolition crew sent in to knock <laughs> yeah. down this building being like, what the fuck There's happened like blood tests here? on the Come wall on. of like handprints. Like, oh, this color looks good. <laughs> uh, people this shit was condemned. It, yeah. I mean, it, when you're on set for a film, it's like a summer camp, yeah. which is great. People were like writing Buffy quotes on walls. Because <laughs> you got it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, there was one room uh, where we actually traced everybody. Just like uh-huh. they stood against the, the wall, yeah, and we traced everybody because we're just we're a bunch of artsy yeah. kids, and we were stuck in a building yeah. with fluorescent light, and we we're like, oh, this is terrible. How do oh, we make yeah. this better? <laughs> so right now, you're currently trying to raise funds for post production. Yes. So editing. I mean, I guess you have to rent editing equipment or... Oh, well, we have an editor and we have a computer, but, you know, color correction is very Mm -hmm. important. Mm. Sound design is the most important, and that's what uh, Tony and Johnny... you have to get a couple, like, hard drives or servers or whatever. Well, lots of hard drives, Mm -hmm. lots of uh, external hard drives and disks and stuff like that, but... um, we really just, we want to make this the best it actually can be. Mm-hmm. We shot this on a red dragon. No shit. Yeah. That's it, crazy. Yeah. It's like. Where did they get one? Um, Matt Joffe was the DP and Matt Joffe's amazing. If uh, you haven't seen his work, if you're familiar with the band uh, Brick and Mortar. Okay. They have a song called Bangs. It's like my favorite music video that they did. Cool. Like, check it out. Look it up. Matt Joffe's the man. Like, yeah. I've seen the dailies mm-hmm. and. It's amazing what we put together with yeah. the budget that we have, and I just like tell them, I was like the Red Dragon. Yeah, it's, which sa- is probably the most badass named Red camera they've come oh, out yeah. with oh, so yeah. far. <laughs> oh yeah, named after I'm assuming the Thomas Harris novel. <laughs> Maybe uh, I don't. <laughs> but either way, so what? What is your what is your role in this movie? I've seen lots of pictures on Facebook of you with whited out contact yes. eyes, horrifyingly possessed, <laughs> really good makeup effects. Uh, yes, you know. Steve Saturn is a wonderful makeup artist. Uh, go to stevesaturn.com and check out his stuff. Uh, but um, I play uh, I would say two characters I like to say three but um, one of them is Holly there was an argument about that in the movie we watched tonight by the way you were one character (laughs) if this movie is to be believed we watched The Exorcist we'll get to that later we'll we'll get to The Exorcist (laughs) Um, well I play Holly who uh, is a say she's like a disgruntled wife is what I would say mm-hmm. that she does uh, from 1984. I love the idea of a disgruntled wife. Like, I yeah. quit. <laughs> <laughs> not that. You I can't mean, divorce me. I quit. <laughs> it's, it's not like an I quit thing. It's just like, I'm going to take matters into my own hands. Oh, I like she, that. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. She's very tough. Um, and it, it was set in 1984, which is really cool. So I had a really awesome costume. That's the year I came out. Yeah. yeah. Um. There. There's. I don't. I don't want to. It's like I think about the plot, and I don't want to give away any spoilers. Uh-huh. But um, Holly existed in 1984 uh, in December, and then real Joanna was born in January 1985, like a few days after what happened in the film. Uh-huh. But it was like it was like a, a pothead moment for me. I was like, whoa, man. <laughs> but Holly comes back as a ghost later, and that was the giant Tina Turner hair. Okay. Yeah. The, the that shit was terrifying looking. It was and all had my I real not hair. known it was you, <laughs> I wouldn't have known it was you. Like, yeah. It was yeah. impressive makeup effects. It's uh, it was a collaboration between Steve and uh, Tony Burke, who is a uh, beauty makeup, and um, it was a lot of fun to play that character because in the ghost I was like a banshee and I was like screaming and and shooting people and it was really fun. <laughs> That's fun. Uh, and You're then a gun-toting ghost in this yeah, movie. Yeah, I'm a it. gun-toting everything. Awesome. I think during uh, the live I like to move in movie, you guys were like, "Do you get to kill someone in the movie if you're playing <laughs> a bad guy?" I get to kill a lot of people. Guys. That's amazing. <laughs> I kill oh, a lot of amazing. people. That's like two things on my bucket list: are kill someone in a movie and die in a movie. <laughs> if I can get if I can kill myself in a movie, then I can knock wow. them off in one thing yeah, but, yeah. Uh, uh, you know well uh, there's always the future you can always get killed in the movie 
It will happen one of these days. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. One of these days. So what can we expect in terms of release for this movie? Is this like an on-demand kind of thing? Will there be a DVD? Um, well, right now we have uh, pre-distribution rights for iTunes and Amazon Prime. Oh, that's cool. cool. So that's what you want now. Yeah. yeah, dude, no matter what, you can see it. Uh, How did you guys get hooked up with uh, pre-distribution rights for that? Well, Is that an uh, easy thing? Did you have to go through a production company? Like, did somebody have to buy it? It's never easy, yeah. first answer. But uh, because they had Alpha Girls, yeah. uh, Alpha Girls was on iTunes uh-huh. and Amazon, uh-huh. They were like, we're gonna make another one. They're like, all right, we'll put it on. Interesting. There. Okay, so it's like you get it's uh, sort of like an old Hollywood story, but in mm-hmm. new Hollywood, where it's just like you make the calling card. Yeah. And once the calling card is out there, they're like, oh, you came through the door. We, yeah. you want to do it again? We'll, we'll give you the space to do it again. And they're probably expecting another Alpha Girls, but mm-hmm. American mm-hmm. Exorcist is it has some elements of uh, the genre, but it's a complete. It's like an awesome sophomore project from these two guys yeah yeah um and i'm really excited about it but we we, we want to try to get you know netflix mm-hmm. we're even going to try to do theater distribution mm-hmm. i mean we have a lot of faith in this thing mm. uh is there any idea to submit to festivals anything like that um honestly i don't think okay because the- yeah. here here's the thing with independent cinema yep where we where we are now is amazing because nobody wants to go to the movie theaters anymore. Yeah. Nobody wants to leave their house. Yeah. They just want to binge watch on Netflix. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if you make something that's good mm-hmm. and if people talk about it mm-hmm. and if it's available to people, mm-hmm. as an artist, all I care about is if they'll you see seen. my work. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And if you seen. like it. Well, um, and more often now, you see what happens is, boom, you get you get an on-demand distribution. Yeah. You know, a whole bunch of people talk about it. You know, everybody really likes it. Oh, this is a cool movie. This is a cool movie. And then when it pops up on a screen somewhere, like, oh, one night only... People who have already seen it yeah. are the ones that are like, that's really cool. Yep. I would love to see that on the big screen with some big sound and a crowd of people that mm-hmm. are game. Yeah, I mean, well, fuck, uh, The Room's playing at midnight tonight I, at, uh, at the oh, Ritz. Oh, is it? Again? It is, yeah. And it's, you know, that's the kind of thing that, that of course, there's no theatrical yeah. release. Yeah. But, now, of course, I'm not comparing the quality of American Exorcist no, to something okay. like The Room. I think you're going a different angle, oh, of hi, course. Oh, It's like the whole film. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, uh, but so I, I think that that's probably a more noble goal, goal. You know, get people to see it first. It's it's the old Napster argument. You know, yeah, you can buy the album, but like, what if I hate it? Yeah. When I download the album and I like it, you better believe I'm going to come see you guys on tour. You know. I, yeah, and we are, are definitely going to take this on tour. They took sweet. Alpha Girls on tour. Uh, we plan on taking American Exorcist on tour, and that's the awesome thing. Like. If people go see it, if people see it in their homes mm-hmm. and they come out and they see it, that's the other thing about horror is the culture. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, I want to put together a cosplay how-to oh, for all the fun. teenagers that want to dress like Holly. That would be fun. Um, That's just the culture now, and it's, it's, totally. it's nerddom, mm-hmm. and there are so many things that are helping independent cinema. Touring independent a movie films. is a cool idea, yeah. too. I saw Kevin Smith do that with Red State, which is, you know, that, I guess a, maybe a... a, a caliber outside of what we're talking about a little probably not even actually he shot that on reds too I mean, like that's yeah, he found independent yeah. funding for that that yeah. was completely him yeah. doing, doing that was through stuff. yeah that's true so it's actually like really the same thing and he just he toured it around you know that never had a theatrical release technically mm-hmm. it was in theaters because he was just fucking roaming around the country with it on a hard drive and, and playing it places yeah i mean the industry is different you gotta yeah. figure out how to make it work for you mm-hmm. uh he actually kevin smith actually uh announced that he's gonna be filming clerks three yes. in philadelphia we saw that. insurance cleared yeah. i love it Super uh, we yeah we we're uh, it's never gonna happen but we're trying to find Not some sort of movie movie hookup for that we, we we would love to talk to that never dude. say never yeah. mm-hmm. we'd love to talk to that we've dude. had we've had some people we're yeah. good we're good he retweeted me once yeah right <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's good that thing counts for something right yeah. so the question is and and of course the movie we'll be talking about is The Exorcist yes that was what but we watched for, for American Exorcist can you name something 
outside of of The Exorcist that perhaps is an influence on this film? Oh, the whole film. <laughs> like it's one of the films that in pre production we sat down. And we're like, all right, we're gonna watch this movie. We're gonna watch this movie. Such as, uh, yeah. Well, any other Exorcist movies? It takes place in a in a office building. Poltergeist mm-hmm. Three was something that we watched. Oh, oh. Yes, terrible movie. Love terrible. it. Terrible. Wonderful. <laughs> terrible. Wonderful movie. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean. With The Exorcist, uh, one thing that American Exorcist really wants to drive home is the, the sound design. Mm-hmm. Sound design is really important. Mm. I uh, That's big in horror, too. Yeah. I mean, I, I know that's one of the reasons why The Birds was so legendary yes. is because they just said no sound. Mm-hmm. So there was no telegraphing, you know, and so you, there's really an art there to telegraphing what's coming with or, or betraying that telegraph. There's yeah. good stuff. Um, other films we watched, uh, Gremlins was one of them. Oh, oh yeah. Nice. The way we're approaching this now is like technology's so great. Where it is is leaps and bounds where it was back in the eighties. You can afford to fuck up. So that you can means, depend well, on fucking up. We You're can not afford exposing to, film. Yeah. Well, we can afford to recreate some of the great things mm-hmm. that they did in the eighties mm-hmm. on a smaller budget mm-hmm. um, and learn from. Because what Hollywood's doing right now, I'm going to say, is they're just regurgitating everything we mm-hmm. already love. Absolutely. I believe that you can be inspired by things like Ghostbusters mm-hmm. and Gremlins, and you don't have to remake them. You Mm-mm. can just create other stories. Mm-hmm. I think that's what we're trying to do. We've talked about this on the show a couple of times. There's a few, there's some examples you could point to of like, oh, look at that remake. And at the end of the day, you go like, if you just gave them different character names, yeah. that feels oh, like yeah. an original story. That does Case not have to be down. Yeah, I think the, that I, the, yes. the Rob Zombie, uh, uh, Michael Myers, a uh, Halloween remake. Yeah, yeah. I hate it. Yeah. Because he missed the point of it entirely. Yeah. But if you switch the mask and give him a different name, it's, it's a, a fucking great it's slasher. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's a good, it's good slasher. Movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah, absolutely. With with the Ghostbusters, uh, you know, reboot coming, mm-hmm. of course, now they're trying to do an expanded universe sure, a yeah. la Star Wars Everything. and Marvel. Yeah, this is yeah, just yeah. one of the unfortunate Why? side side effects of the yeah. MCU. <laughs> I mean, there's also the why not. Yeah, that's my thing. You know what I would rather though? Come on. Why not take that same exact list of talent and just go, oh, let's give them something. I I agree with that. Make another movie. I agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. I would rather see original ideas. But also, come on, more Ghostbusters? Let's do it. Yeah, let's take (laughs) it. It doesn't erase anything. Yeah. Yeah. So it goes. You don't seem to to carry yeah, that I sentiment even in the slightest. You see, like I hate saying that because everyone's like, "You don't like women because of the all female cast." Or oh. you know, it's it's like, no. My whole thing is, I'm so tired of watching the same story. Yeah, you want an original like, story, over and, over and, and that I why not take that female cast and put them in a different paranormal comedy? That yeah. is, to yeah, me it can the be done. They can hunt ghosts. Just don't call it ghost hunter. Yeah, and I'll and I'll answer my question as as to why not. Because you got to fill them seats. Yeah, yeah. Ghostbusters yep, yep. automatically puts intellectual like, even property. Even if I baby. see a trailer and I'm like, this looks like garbage. Yeah, it's Ghostbusters. I am going mm-hmm. to pay money to oh, see yeah. it. Yep. You know, that's my own problem. You're but part of the problem. It's also the curse know. of the '80s babies. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, with the internet and everything, we're just stuck in a constant loop of nostalgia. Yes. Yep. Uh, it's great. Oh yeah, it's. Yeah. I'm well, not gonna. I'm it's gonna get off my nostalgia because no, like, okay. all the shows were. It started like I remember the 80s. I remember the 90s. Then it yeah. became best week ever. Yeah, which was I remember yesterday. Yeah, we, yeah. we all remember yeah, yesterday. Yeah, it was there. It I, happened. I will say, I think that Thanks argument Godfrey. is. <laughs> That argument is the one trump card to, like, uh, like I I have, be- have made a big stance about, like, they should make these Ghostbusters movies. Why not make these Ghostbusters movies? There's no reason to complain about this. That's the one trump card, because we need fucking more original movies. Yeah. Like, take that money and put it into an original story. Yeah. That being said, though, I, I think that while there's a lot of studio money going into franchises and reboots mm-hmm. and all that, last year was a prime example. I, every movie on my list of my favorites were completely Pretty original, much original prop- yeah, uh, I think uh, I had one or two. Like, I you just got to know where to look, there, but, yeah. you know? Yeah. And that's the thing. I had, one of the foregone conclusions was I left all Marvel movies yep. out because 
I like them. The end. Yeah. You know, yeah. I don't <laughs> have anything critical to say about them. Is it a good one or a bad one? Like mm. it's it's binary. No, it's for Marvel. Me it's just it's I I love it. That's, yeah, that's, I love that's it. That's the end of it. Is I love it. But I think this year, I mean, there is a Terminator, a Mad Max, uh-huh. uh, Ghostbusters. Uh-huh. There is a Jurassic Park. Uh-huh. Uh, really, a lot of franchises. So uh-huh. I think that this might end up being a rebound uh, year in a way. Really? Could be. But at the same time, I, you just got to know where to look. I feel like you know, all you the original stories and good programming is on television. Mm-hmm. That, that has definitely been a huge shift yeah. in the last decade or so. Uh, especially dramatic stuff has definitely moved to TV. Movies has now been left with just like science fiction and comedy. I feel yeah. like, you know what I mean? Well, I and mean, when you think about the way we watch it too, uh, you know, TV, it, it is an addiction. It is a thing that we feed and so when you create a show, you're not creating a show that leaves the people going like, oh, man, that was good. That was Brilliant. satisfying. Yeah. You leave them going, oh, that, what happens more. next? Yeah, and more. that is bleeding Season into the three. movies. Mm-hmm. You know, there, there is no more. There's no such thing as a Marvel movie that exists in a vacuum so much. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, there are Guardians of the Galaxy does, but wow. there's still something where they go, you know, they leave you with wink, a little wink, thing where you go, oh, this. man, there's going to be more. Yeah. You know, it's filling that it's filling that crack. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It is what it is. So with, with something like American Exorcist, you're saying that there is influence, yeah. but this is a movie that will exist in a vacuum and will be original. Uh, it's an original story. Mm-hmm. Uh, we That's have a exciting. lot of uh, influences, like the sound design. Yeah. Uh, mm. Some of the things that we saw in The Exorcist mm-hmm. uh, were definitely influenced by. Uh, and it was just really awesome being able to bring in Bill Mosley. Oh, yes. That Chop top. So cool. And uh, having him there was just, it, it was awesome. I hear he's like a relentlessly positive man to he work with. He is the awesomest person ever. Uh-huh. I, mean, you know. I met him at a Monster Mania Con, mm-hmm. and I wanted to get a picture with him. And um, I mean, he was cool, like, you know, all that stuff. And I got a picture with him, and someone, like, immediately jumped in and was like, you know, pictures are, like, $10. And he looked at him, and he was like, let the kid have a fucking picture. And I, I was <laughs> maybe, awesome. like, 16 at the point. And so it was just a moment of just, like, oh, <laughs> Bill Mosley protected me. <laughs> so I mean, I've been a fan. I mean, hell, I, I really, really enjoyed Devil's Rejects, oh, yeah. and he is horrifying in that movie oh it's one yeah. of my favorite performances he's the man. of his oh yeah uh and he actually at one of the lunch uh he's sitting there with us at lunch and like talking about devil's rejects and house of a thousand corpses like it's like casual and i'm like my head's exploding yeah. oh, yeah, yeah, i'm like yeah, yeah. oh my god he's, <laughs> he's chopped up he's texas chainsaw too i yeah. love it like, he's so he was so down to earth he was so cool to work with really mm. sweet really nice you didn't feel like you were in the presence of like oh a celebrity yeah yeah but uh the, the thing that really impressed me was he really took the time to talk to Johnny Zito and Tony Trove and everybody and figure out plot points and try to um, convey certain things that he think that he thought that the script uh, wasn't conveying. Mm. And it was a really awesome experience to have Bill Mosley be like, oh, how about we do this instead of this? And we're like, yeah, you're Bill Mosley. We're going to I love the idea of him actively say. trying to not just be a novelty cast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He, yeah, that's he really, cool. really, he was there. He wasn't just there to, to recite lines and do whatever. He really cared, and he saw that it was a, a special production, like cool really low that. budget. And he even said, he's like, I, I wanted to do it because uh, Philly's awesome. Like, I love Philly. Mm-hmm. Nice. So that was really cool. Um, but it, it, I really, I can't say enough positive things about him because he really, he went above and beyond everything that we expected him to do. So, and he's really awesome in it like he's he gets really he it shows like the sweeter side of him mm-hmm. but but uh you can see a little bit of classic bill mosley in american awesome. exorcist as well i love it this I has me it. legitimately very excited to to see something locally produced and locally made that 
to like actually sounds like oh that's like literally in line with my interests that's uh, like yeah uh, did you say blood splatter and uh gun toting ghosts Lots i'm in blood splatters <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, now are you afraid that people are gonna automatically think this is just another straight to video american pie sequel is there <laughs> have, you, have you done anything to to separate yourself from that like avoiding casting eugene levy or, or <laughs> arbitrarily including a member of the stifler family <laughs> We, well, we yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, I I do fuck a pie at some point. <laughs> well, that's fine. That's yeah. I mean, that's you know, that's a thing that Go has to happen. It wouldn't be the first or last time that happened in a movie. I mean, we can all be honest. Um, I really, it it stays true. Stays true to the the genre of horror. Mm. It has plenty of gore. Mm-hmm. Um, the makeup's awesome. Uh, and it, it's just it's got a lot of heart. I I mean it it the. With independent film, it's so hard to uh, predict how it's going to go. Yeah. Mm. Um, we just know that when we hit rap on principal photography, we were just like, oh, my God, we just made something that's that's awesome. And um, I hope that people um, – I mean, it sounds like you guys are as excited as we are about it. Yeah. Well, I love the idea, and I think that you find this more in independent productions such as this one where it's less – you know, okay, this is this is the product we have to make. Let's uh, you know, let's assemble this team and and do this. Oh, I need a job. I'll direct it. Blah blah. This is clearly there's a passion mm-hmm. here. Mm-hmm. This is a vision that someone had, and it'll be, yeah. it'll be seen. It'll and be made. The thing that um was really great about this set was yeah, Johnny Zito and Tony Trove wrote it and they directed, it and this is their concept. But being on set, it was a collaborative environment. What people don't realize about film and a lot of people that want to be writers and directors is film is a collaborative art form. Mm-hmm. Every department has their job. Everyone brings something to the tape to the table. I handed out 50 thank you cards because I don't want people to think that the only th- people that matter on the screen are like Fallon and Bill. Mm-hmm. They're I mean uh, Matt Jaffe is DP, our uh, Alexa O'Neill in costumes mm-hmm. like uh but it was just Everybody uh, had ideas, and the directors were really receptive to the ideas. And this reminds me of something real funny. On my other show, Super Crappy Fun Time, okay. we started as a as a joke. We had a a hashtag that we wanted to start, and it was hashtag Everyone Is Talent, <laughs> and it came from that. And the whole idea was to just be like, listen, guys, we call the talent on on a production the talent, <laughs> but everyone's talent. <laughs> and by calling calling just the actors talent suggests that people in craft services are untalented, and that is unfair. Fair labeling, <laughs> and so that was the, and it was just the, it was a parody of that mentality. But there is truth behind it. Yeah. Everyone uh, is talent. Uh, yeah. uh, Ke- I just know a lot about this dude. Kevin Smith recently said that he, uh, I think he was talking about making Red State. Uh, he refers to literally everyone that ever worked on it as a filmmaker. That became a big thing for him. He was like, when I talk to costuming, I, I call them filmmakers. When I mm-hmm. talk to the actors, I call them filmmakers. When I talk to they the are GP, making I a film. Mm-hmm. A fi- yeah, he's like, they're all filmmakers. They're all helping me make this film. Yeah, and the other thing is, you're spending twelve hour days. Yes. Yeah. Like how, how long was your shoot schedule, by the way? Uh, it was three weeks. Mm-hmm. We got it. That's all actually a long schedule, I think. Right? Like, that, I, no, no. <laughs> it, it's like amazing that we got what we got in the time that we yeah, got. Yeah, yeah. We still we have some pickup shots. We shoot videos for our show. No, and I know. I just take like twenty hours been, of work. To I know. Put this has been the year of people <laughs> making movies in fourteen days, though. Yeah, that yeah, was yeah, a yeah. huge yeah. thing over the last couple of years. Mm. Um, I, I mean. We had lots of special effects gags and stuff like that. So, like, it was very long nights sometimes, like, Mm -hmm. extremely long. Like, when we wrapped the last day, it was very early in the morning. Yeah. Um, But uh, the whole thing with the long days and calling everyone a filmmaker, Mm -hmm. I always say a happy crew is a productive crew because when you're working those hours, everybody has their moments. Yeah. Just like, ah. But um, it's really, it was really important to us to have, like, a positive environment. 
Uh, we had meditation sometimes. Mm-hmm. Like we oh, really cool. wanted to change the culture. Yeah, like, yeah. And mm-hmm. how some people in the culture uh, in this industry are like straight up d bags. Yeah. Oh yeah, they're they're divas and stuff. But we really wanted to make it like a collaborative, fun thing. And um, if you go on to our Facebook, you'll probably see a big picture of the entire crew and the cast. And it, everyone's just like, yeah, and happy. That's just like the perfect description for what that experience was. Mm-hmm. Like. We did it. We got it done, mm-hmm. and we got it done right together. It was so I don't think awesome. I could ever be an actor. Like I often, I often hear stories like, "Oh, these two actors didn't get along on set," but and then you wouldn't know it by their performances. I could never do that. I think I'm too spiteful, and I'm mm-hmm. I'm just not a terribly good actor. Like <laughs> I could never host the Tonight Show because like if like Catherine Heigl was the guest, and they're like, "Okay, you got to shake her hand and yeah. sit her down," I would just be sitting there like looking at her like. Yeah, tell your story, whatever. Yeah, and like, rather than being like, "Ooh, I love like your that. work in this," I just be like, "Yeah, can you just can we go to fucking?" <sighs> you know, like, yeah. I wouldn't be able to get that off my face, or if I worked across an actor that like gave me some some shit one day, even in the scenes, you would see it behind my eyes of just like, "Oh fuck you,", you know? <laughs> yeah. so that's uh, that's. To, I, I can see why it's very important to have such a positive yeah. uh, vibe on set because I'm sure there's more than one person like me who would not be able to distance themselves from that. Well, I think the reason why I tried to be so nice to everyone and give them thank you cards and stuff is because I was playing antag- like antagonist in this film, mm-hmm. and when I was half in character, I got a little cr- grumpy sometimes. Mm-hmm. So, it's bound to happen. Um, when, I mean, with method acting, I, I think uh, I've read that Robert De Niro would like still be in character during lunch and like mm-hmm. staring down whoever Oh, Daniel Day-Lewis has had people straight up quit films because they couldn't bear to be around him. Yeah. Because he's just unbreakable from, mm. from his method. Well, that's good. That, and you know what? I, he shouldn't break. He should oh, still yeah. just like... He's good. He, he, it's amazing. Mm-hmm. I, I I wish I could be that dedicated to a character, but I always... when I'm, We're not rolling, it's half in character, but uh, especially if... I don't know how he does it if he's at the end of a 12-hour day yeah. and still pretending to be Abraham Lincoln. Just mm. exhausted. Just yeah. like, oh, four score and seven hours well, ago. Because you, <laughs> you got two people in that brain at that point. Yeah. You know what oh, I mean? Yeah. Like, that's got to be exhausting. Yeah. It is. There's lots of people in my brain all the time. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's let's jump into uh, why we're here. So it. one last thing before we go. So it's uh, AmericanExorcistMovie.com. Dot com. And you can still Check donate right now. We've yes. got a week. If you're listening right now, just click another yes. window, open the tab, and mm-hmm. give us. And even if you're strapped for cash right now, totally understandable, uh, share it. Tell your friends. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you yeah. think this sounds really cool and really awesome. Throw that link on yeah. Twitter and Facebook. Sharing is as important as donating mm-hmm. to me. Because the more people that see the campaign, the more likely, yeah. And yeah. the more likely rich people will just throw money at us. And yeah, absolutely. Even <laughs> and then we get American Exorcist 2. If I share Eugene it Levy. and 30 people see it and not a one of them donates, it's 30 more people that might watch the movie when it turns yeah. up on on, oh, yeah, yeah. on Netflix or when iTunes. When you can rent it for $2, guys, you know? that's yeah. another two bucks in the pocket. Exactly. I mean, yeah. uh, Johnny Zito said 56,000 people torrented uh, Alpha Girls last year. Oh, boom. <laughs> Jesus. So it was any, just last year? Uh, like, in, like, I think it was two years it's been out. Okay, uh, yeah. But yeah, he's like, so if one of those people donated just some donates, money, yeah. just like five bucks, yeah. that, that'd just be that'd be great. Yeah, <laughs> and it's a good cause. You're putting your money to something that that has oh, yeah. some heart behind it. So yeah. do that. But um, let's let's jump into it. Uh, before we run out of time, the movie that we did to tie into this to we this watched event William is Friedkin's. The Exorcist. Yeah. The, it was freaking uh, awesome. It's it considered really awesome. by many to be the scariest, scariest movie, movie of all time. time. 
Uh, I don't know if I agree with that. I don't know if I disagree with that, but I think it's an absolutely horrifying movie it's a good for place a multitude to, of reasons. I mean, it's a good place to jump in because yeah. I don't think I found it scary in the way that, like, The Shining really terrifies me in a way where, like, even in the moment, I'm scared of The Shining. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was never in the moment like, ooh, this is scaring me. But the whole time, we, Joe, you brought yeah, this there's, up there's early no in the movie. thriller aspect to it. Right. Yeah. It, but it's about every fucking horrible, terrifying thing yeah. that could happen to you throughout your mm. life. I think every time I watch this movie, I'm a little bit, you know, obviously older because that's how time goes. <laughs> but when I was a kid, you know, the devil scared the crap out of sure. me. And then I saw this again in a horror film class in college. And I was like, oh, cinematically, this is just so terrifying with the up, sound yeah. design and everything. But now that I'm like a full-blown adult, it shows you like how doctors fuck with you mm-hmm. how um what it's like to lose a parent what mm-hmm. it's like to lose your mind it just mm-hmm. encompasses everything about living the deteriorating body and brain yeah uh, it'll just yeah. give yeah. you anxiety i uh, think where it resonates with me most i mean the two things where it resonates is one like i as a kid it was just ew gross cool yeah but like i have a i have a niece now that mm-hmm. i've watched growing up she's nine so reagan in the movie is 12 mm-hmm. so it's like you know, and I and I don't have any kids of my own, but seeing the relationship that that her parents, my sister and my brother in law, have with her, that resonates deeper with me, and it's it's more upsetting to watch this happen. Yeah. Whereas, like as a kid, I'm like, oh, she's turning into right. a demon, cool. But in this one, when you know, watching it now, when she turns her head, and I'm like, oh god, her back is broken, like, that's <laughs> yeah. insane. Yeah. But really, where it, where it digs deep with me is the whole crisis of faith aspect, mm-hmm. because I am not a religious person. I guess I'm spiritual in some way. Mm-hmm. But there was a there was a point in my life where I was I was pretty religious mm-hmm. as a youth, and then to quote George Carlin, then I reached the age of reason, <laughs> yeah, and yeah. It, uh, you know, and it became something different. But it works even on a non uh, you know on a non uh, spiritual level, yes. just in terms of when you're when you're against the odds of something and you lose that faith, you really can end up being destroyed. Mm-hmm. And even so, with uh, with Father uh, Callis. You know, he uses that faith, turns it into a weapon, yeah. and still ends up destroyed out of mm-hmm. it. And and that really, really terrifies me. Yeah. And, and you just wonder, like, what sacrifices will I make for the greater good? Yeah. Or am I the person that's content to sit back and be like, that's their problem? Yeah, yeah. I, I'm not even... Am I I'm one of the 88 doctors that's like, we know we said not to do this, but... Yeah. Have you talked to a psychiatrist? Yeah, Have you tried Ritalin? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. They were just like Ritalin, Ritalin, Ritalin. Yeah. <laughs> spinal taps, spinal taps. Yeah. I guess you should go to a psychologist now. Which, she's like, what the fuck? And Joe, you pointed out one of the scary things about this is watching your own child go through medical oh, procedures. Oh yeah, and you can't. That's like a them. that's a yeah. huge fear that's addressed in this. That one scene where they they stick the needle in oh, the neck and yeah. it's just like which blood. is not in the original cut. Interesting. That is that is just in the. Uh, oh the yeah. Extended Did we cut. say yeah. what cut we? Oh, I'm sorry. So yeah, we watched the 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 first. Version you've never seen, seen. Yeah, yeah, which, which is a we, little closer to times. the Blatty novel. Yes, and it does have that pacing, and I, I find it to be inferior just because it it tonally betrays the movie. Yeah, uh, specifically through pacing, mm-hmm. but not much is lost. Yeah, it, yeah it's yeah. an interesting experiment. Mm-hmm. Yes, uh, I feel like you can feel that this version is slightly more literary. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, it could have been worse. Could have been what they did the Star Wars. Yeah, I was gonna say it really overall is not. I don't was it think the same time that they did this. Well, that's this what is of that about. era. Yeah. I believe that was like ninety nine. That was in the nineties. Yeah, uh, uh, and this was early two thousands. Uh, but the I I didn't think it detracted from it that much. Now I'm saying that from the last time I saw this movie was probably a decade ago. Mm. For me, the the things they did are don't detract from it. But I don't think they add anything to it either. If if anything, they do yeah, throw the yeah. pacing off a little bit. I really think that it was honestly, to go back to what we were talking about at the beginning, it was just, 
we need to put some butts in the seats. Yeah. It was the 25th yeah. anniversary yeah. of the release of the movie. Let's give people so they reason just to said, come back. Yeah, if, if it was like, oh, we're playing it again. They, I mean, they did it with Alien. Yeah, it's a one-night um, engagement. Have it's fun. It's barely different, yeah. the re-release of Alien. But I, I had never seen Alien, and I got my ass in the seat when they re-released yeah. it. And it was because it, and it, it was because of a marketing gimmick, and mm-hmm. I, I think that's what this is. Mm-hmm. I really wish my DVD had the other version for comparison's sake, but what are you gonna do? So we'll, we'll catch up with that at some yeah. point. Yeah, <laughs> it'll uh, happen. It's available. Yeah. Uh, I okay. I have a really weird question about this movie, uh, and I I, ju- I don't know if you guys are even gonna agree with me or not. So in the I'm just like jumping in the end right now, but we'll we'll go back through it and tackle. If some you of haven't the other seen stuff. this movie, yeah. you're retarded. And we'll, we'll go back it. in and tackle yeah, some of the other stuff. It. But this was just this really struck me at the end. Okay, so. Finale of the movie, we're at the actual exorcism. Uh, Max von Sydow's character has a heart attack, essentially, and, and dies in the room. Uh, and then Father... What, what did we say his name was? Father Callus. Callus uh, comes into the room. Callus s- or Karis? Karis, I think. I think Karis. that's correct. I think it's You talk, bars. I'll look it up. Uh, so so uh, Father Karis, I believe, uh, comes back into the room to sort of perform, I guess, what he believes will be the final exorcism, right? The final action. Yeah. And it's sort of his return to faith. This is what Dan was talking about. He sort of redeems his faith in these final moments. He realizes well, it's also a moment, to too, where a he was leaning on Max von Sydow's yeah. character. He was... He was just hoping Marin would do it, and he was the backup. Right. And then it realized, like, oh shit, it's on me this now. Is it. This is it, and I gotta this save this guy. Girl. Is about to die. So he, what he essentially does, and I don't know that he knows he's going to do this, but it does happen. Is the demon seems to exit uh, Reagan's body and, and take over his. He yeah. begs it to come into him. Right, that's uh, what he does. Yeah, instead yeah. of an exorcism, he just he says, choked take it me out instead, of him. Right, it's it's, it's Karis. Karis, yes. And he says, "Take me instead." I think, if, if I'm not yeah. mistaken. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and it comes into his body. Now, this is my question. I believe before he runs out the window and commits suicide, mm-hmm. that demon leaves his body. We actually watch his face change back to Father Karras's face. I don't think it's the demon. Before he charges the the. I, don't know. the well, I mean, we see that happen to Reagan throughout to Reagan the movie well. yeah. multiple I, times. Yes. So I was going to question that as well. I mm. I was just curious if you guys think like, does he kill? I mean, does he kill the devil when, th- when he jumps out the window? Th- or is he effectively just removing it from her? I think viewed in a vacuum, we're at least supposed to, if you want to be hopeful, yeah. uh, believe he saves so the day. much. He, yeah. But at the end of the day, part of the mythos of the devil is like, yeah, he ended that exorcism. Sure. But I mean, you know, it's it's going to leave them alone. But, you know, evil exists. Exists. It, per- it, it is out it perpetrates, there. perpetrates, yeah. There's there's four more exorcist <laughs> movies. Yeah. So, yeah. like, you yeah. know, it's, it's not over, but... I, I think in terms of of completing that arc, of course he he defeated yeah, it. Yeah. Okay. Know? Yeah. Because we do see uh, a healed Reagan. We yes. Do we see, absolutely. You know, everybody kind of moving mm-hmm. on and growing. There has been some time since then, but I, I mean, there's enough evidence on the screen to argue either, either way. Yeah. Whether it's, it's purposefully I mean, being the ambiguous. The demon could have just been like, "Ha ha, fuck y'all! I just killed somebody." Bye. I know. Oh, yeah, I exactly. Mean, they, they the demon might just be happy that it got two priests. Right. You I know? mean, they yeah. definitely like, oh. distinctly went back down to Satan. And was like, "Guess what I did?" <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> Promotion. <laughs> They definitely distinctly. Can I be Corporal Howdy? Yeah, (laughs) Corporal (laughs) Howdy. (laughs) I did love that choice for Captain Howdy is his name. It just reminds me of like a Stephen King kind of thing. Pop quiz: What's the demon's real name? Uh, I don't know if they ever say it in the movie, but it is in the the lore. Yeah, it is Pazuzu. Oh, that's funny because there is uh, an entity that that uh, is around in American Exorcist, and I don't think it's ever named, Named. but it is in the script. It's like the Ewoks. They're never called Ewoks until right. the Ewok adventure, but yep. we all know. Mm-hmm. We do all know. I'm actually, I mean, this is a weird side note, but I'm always super impressed by how much Star Wars lore just people have. 
Like, I always thought I knew a ton of stuff about, like, the names of characters because I had the oh, action yeah. figures. I'll talk to people that I know have very little experience with Star Wars and still know what I mean when I say Grand Moff Tarkin. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, That's yeah. crazy to me. Anyway, that was just an aside. <laughs> Actually, to, to jump into this, this is just kind of interesting. It's not necessarily about Exorcist directly, but it's about the follow-up film by yeah. the director called Sorcerer. Mm-hmm. And Sorcerer was a movie that came out and... You know, uh, freaking's hot right now because yeah. it's it's oh boom, The Exorcist. He made this crazy movie. Mm-hmm. Check out his next movie, Sorcerer, and Sorcerer is not at all mystical, right? Fantastical or anything. It's this. Uh, it's oh, it's an awesome movie. It's That's an awesome heard. Roy Scheider movie about a bunch of guys transporting some stuff through the jungle, mm-hmm. and it's super intense. It's super super horrifying. You know, in terms of what they go through, and it was definitely a troubled production. But it was called Sorcerer. Came after The Exorcist, didn't have anything mystical about it, and it came out the same day as Star Wars. <laughs> Therefore, it bombed. Uh-huh. Bankrupted Friedkin. Jesus. Ruined everything, which he disappeared for a yeah, little bit because he was, you know, boom, yeah. popping yeah. off everything. And just because of that, just because of the That's preconceptions crazy. set by The Exorcist, like, oh, he did Sorcerer? Yeah. We're going to watch a crazy magic movie. Mm-hmm. Nope. Yeah. We're going to watch a Roy Scheider jungle adventure. Ugh, now we're going to go see, see Star Wars yeah. instead. Yep. It's a cool movie. Yeah. Real cool I movie. I see that. Uh, I would, one thing I wanted to bring up is just uh, so this is probably my second Friedkin movie, that in, at least in recent memory. I also saw The French Connection recently, which I mostly disliked. There was a lot of stuff to like, but didn't like it that much. Uh, and I just realized in watching these two movies back to back, there's a lot of fucking walking in William Friedkin movies. People he does, just walk a lot. Uh, and he loves to shoot people walking. Uh, but really in that loved, regard, uh, staircase, staircases. Fuck yeah! I was just going to bring movie. that up. Yeah. I thought that was really interesting. He's fascinated by staircases, which clearly one plays a very significant role in this movie. So I think it's probably uh, he's just a smart filmmaker. He was sort of carrying that imagery throughout the movie. Uh, but uh, to that end, there's this singular staircase in uh, uh, Reagan's house that the characters walk up and down about a million goddamn times throughout the movie, and he sh- positions the camera in a completely different place for a completely different angle every time someone goes up and down those stairs. It's it's really interesting, mm-hmm. There's a lot of uh, not flashy but very active camera work mm-hmm. going on. Um, it uses a lot of, quote-unquote, presidential zooms. Yes. Um, and, and in both ways. Uh, when somebody is, is giving exposition, it slowly, slowly moves towards them. But once you understand the exposition and you start understanding the connotations of it, like out. the implications of what they just said, it pulls back out and lets you go into the scene. And what I love about that is that it zooms into these very, very personal moments of someone giving the information. And then when it pulls back, you go, we are in a suburban home. Mm-hmm. you yeah. know. And suddenly you look around yourself and go, you know, I'm not safe. Right. And when they pull in tight, you start to... I'm trying to think of a way to describe it. You know, when it comes in tight, it becomes a very uh, internal moment. Mm-hmm. And then when it pulls back and you see the the setting and you see what's going on and then you look around in the room that you're watching the movie in and you just go, fuck, mm-hmm. I'm not safe. Mm-hmm. That is terrifying. Oh, yeah. You know, I, I think the best horror is the stuff that makes you feel unsafe. I mean, people not going to the beach after Jaws mm-hmm. or, or people not wanting to take a shower. It's, it's the ability to make you feel vulnerable, and I think that the way his camera was so active without being so present mm-hmm. makes you feel vulnerable in a way that is, is almost sneaky. Yeah, and this film definitely got reactions out of people. Like, when it was first released, people had panic attacks in the theaters. Oh, yeah. And they, they really did not like this movie. I guess, we're talking, 73 is 73, what we said? 73, yeah. Um, 
I guess there was more religion isn't as as heavy as it is Mm-mm. nowadays, but I think I think it's more we're we're more allowed to criticize religion now yeah. than, than back then. That was I'm, more it was part of the fabric then to to be religious. I am certain and I I mean I'm certain of this because I I know this to be true just of the history of this movie, but I just now be, being an adult and recognizing sort of where where we are in history now with our our opinions of religion and what we can and can't say and stuff. I am certain this movie came out in 73, people were fucking pissed like mm-hmm. and oh, upset yeah. and distraught and like I, I would imagine there were just varied huge reactions if to this. anything though this film makes the church look better than modern medicine i, I oh, would yeah. wholeheartedly agree with you the, i mean the the plot of this movie is like the bumbling doctors couldn't see what was fucking Downright in front of them the whole doctors. time they yeah. all had that like touching fingertips oh yeah yeah so cool. they, they, leave know, they it, all uh, had that they leave the exam room and they light up a cigarette and they're like yeah, oh yeah. here's what happens <laughs> well and like the third time that guy does that there is a distinct uh, and I, I actually liked the guy that played that sort of like main doctor she was talking to mm-hmm. a lot because I, he played this very well there was a very distinct like when he, he lights his cigarette up there was a very distinct like what I'm saying right now, I don't even believe. I'm going to continue explaining this through medicine and science because it's all I know yep. and the only way I know how to explain it. But I don't fucking believe a word of it. Well, Something when, is happening. When to your she daughter. sits into the uh, into like the one meeting with all the doctors, yep. and she says, and she, I remember she's like, eighty-eight doctors looked yeah. at her, yep. and uh, but the one thing that the guy said is, well. And he drops the uh, maybe right, demons right. and exorcism, but immediately says like, "But listen, the reason isn't because she's possessed. It's because if right. she believes she's possessed, and we go ahead and let that play out, yeah, we can draw the demon from her. And it's really just you know, it's Shutter Island. It's, yeah, it's yep. that kind of we're, a thing. We're playing out the the mental play that she's mm-hmm. created for herself. Mm-hmm. And if we can get to the end of it, it's over. You Have know? you ever seen the Last Exorcism? Have you ever seen that movie? I th- I, yes, you know, I yeah. have, and I like that quite a bit. It's actually decent. Like yeah. it's they they try to bring a found footage aspect into it but the plot of it is there's a guy who does exorcisms and he has a camera crew following him and his whole thing is listen i'm gonna film this he's like i don't do exorcisms i it's it's just a lie but i do help people i was gonna say what i'm doing is helping people by playing into this Mm -hmm. and then of course he comes into a oh shit it's a real exorcism now he's in over his head yeah I thought that was a really neat take a cool on it. ending, I yeah. think, too. Oh, yeah, yeah. I love that ending. I that also cool enjoy The Exorcism of Emily Rose. I've not I've seen not that seen one, and people one. Yeah. have talked that it's up quite great. a bit. Yeah. It's like one of my favorites, because it's also like a courtroom drama. Yeah, too. right, yeah. Oh, yeah. right on. Uh, yeah, it's like tapes of The Exorcism, right? Mm-hmm. Which is an interesting thing they did in this one. He records The Exorcism, yeah. but they only, only really to try and prove to the church that it, it is deserving of an exorcism. Yeah, it's the whole thing of, did this priest... Uh, what, was the exorcism like? Should he have done it? Was it legal? Like, oh, interesting. Should, should they have gotten to a doctor? So definitely check that movie out. Yeah, it's really cool. Mm. Any like other good exorcism movies? I'm trying to. Think. Well, and see, that's what. Okay, this is a crazy thing to talk about with this. We are right. We are currently going. What other exorcism movies are there? That's not a thing that existed before the exorcism. Oh yeah, this is the mm-hmm. this is the progenitor. This spawned of it. Yeah. a genre. You know what I mean? Like this wasn't just like an entry into horror. Mm-hmm. It spawned an entire leg of horror. And you actually. Know? Um, Speaking from uh, Johnny Zito did his research, the films on Netflix that are exorcism and exorcist are the most popular in the horror genre. So interesting, people love them devils and they love watching exorcism movies. I yeah. guess um, the whole idea of something taking over your body that you cannot get rid of and mm-hmm. you have no idea how to take care of. Mm-hmm. I think it goes back to what I said. It makes you feel unsafe. Mm-hmm. That's the best horror. It makes you feel unsafe. Mm-hmm. Like. It like like something like uh like home invasion movies don't do it for me all the time because like I I live in a studio apartment I have one door 
if you want to get into my apartment, you got to go through that door. I can handle that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, like that's, but like a haunting that scares me because ghosts go through walls. <laughs> 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 you know, but, but you know what I'm saying? Like there's, there's exorcism taps into this primal fear of mm-hmm. even if everything is completely tangibly safe, what if something that is beyond my realm of understanding goes into me? Yeah. yeah. I don't even know where to begin. And it's not like Reagan was a little brat. No. She was a sweet kid Mm -hmm. who was close with her mom, Mm -hmm. and she just happened to start playing with a Ouija board. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) And shit went down. Now, we said this when we were watching it. Do they ever expressly state that the Ouija board is what does it? I mean, she does speak to Captain Howdy through it. No, but I think. I mean, I guess that is what opens the door. It's common knowledge. Don't mess with Ouija boards. Yeah, right. (laughs) Just letting everybody out there know do not mess with them. I mean, I I think there's a, you know, the whole opening of the movie in Iraq, I don't know this for sure but to me that implies some sort of uncovering of some sort of evil Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, only because the movie that follows is about evil otherwise it's like what the hell is the beginning of that movie even about I also Mm. feel like you know what I mean I think it's also a setup for Father Marin though yeah where it shows like because they mentioned he had done an exorcism in the past and it broke him and he's clearly a broken man he has to take his heart medicine and all that so I, I think it establishes that he is still searching for answers mm-hmm. through history, but he's more of a hands-off guy. Mm-hmm. You know, he's not going to get in there and do mm-hmm. an exorcism, but he is going to research the history of it, the, mm-hmm. the demonology mm-hmm. and all that, mm-hmm. all that fun stuff. I feel like it's he's seen it before, yeah. and he's still trying to track it. Yeah, yeah. I don't yeah. feel like he unearthed. Like, he wants to understand it. Flew the United sequence. States yeah, and yeah. It, it possessed this girl. I think it's just he's been around the block. What was the prequel? Oh, there was um, two. There was uh, there was Dominion, the prequel to The Exorcist, yep. uh, which I believe was the. Uh, which one was, oh, that? was that? Exorcist: The Beginning. The was Beginning the, was the Rennie Harlan. It started one? out. That was the Rennie Harlan yeah. one. Paul Schrader uh, was on the uh, Dominion prequel to The Exorcist. Uh, they finished that movie, and then the cut came out, and everyone was like, "This is too heady. We need something that has more, ah, you know, more mm-hmm. shocks because this was." 2005 I was gonna no, say yeah, was yeah, I think it was early 2000s yeah. so like we just want something that pops pop 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 get people in the seats so then they just threw the the, the same exact cast yeah. threw it to Rennie Harlan and made it which is actually a pretty decent you know for what it's worth uh, kind of thing and that became the official release mm-hmm. But they are, they were like, we do have a completed film here that we can put the label Exorcist on, set it on a DVD shelf. We can make a couple bucks that way. That's yeah. no skin so off, skin off my side. And so you can still get it. And I've seen them both, and it's an interesting companion piece to one another in terms of just the business of film. Mm-hmm. And I think they both have their merits. But I would say that the Paul Schrader one is actually pretty good. Yeah. It's w- good. And Stellan Skarsgård makes a great young Max von Sydow. Mm-hmm. And young Max von Sydow makes a great old Max von yes, Sydow. Yes, he does. <laughs> oh, can't wait for him in Star Wars. Uh, I oh, I, this thought occurred to me uh, as you guys were talking there, and maybe this is something interesting. I'm not really sure. Um, could the reason possession is so popular uh, in you know such a popular genre of horror be that? That is an evil that is not us going like, look at how evil so-and-so is, or look at how we could turn toys to be evil, or these creatures to be, you know, animals to be evil, or, or robots to be evil, or you're not pointing the finger at any one specific thing and going, and now this is how this is evil, and this is how this is evil. Mm-hmm. You're going, specifically exorcism movies are about possession, which is just evil. Which is like evil as a concept, Mm -hmm. as opposed to as like, look at this evil figure we've created, or look at how we take something that is not evil and make 
make it evil. That's one of the things that I always found to be a fundamental flaw with the Rob Zombie Halloween remake. Right. What makes Michael Myers so scary is that he is that evil. Yes. He is unstoppable. He is unexplainable. He's the it shape. just is. No matter what happens, you will not stop him because that's his M.O. Mm-hmm. And then in the remake, it was like, well, he was abused by his alcoholic father and his mom's a stripper and he some kids bullied him at school. It's like, well, now you're making it apologetic. Yeah. I don't want a fucking pussy Michael yeah. Myers. I want evil. Yeah. And and I think that that we shouldn't sympathize with him. We shouldn't sympathize with him. And I think that a lot of movies, you know, now we want that. Mm-hmm. We want that background so that mm-hmm. it's not just we Hollywood almost re- thinks we, we do anyway. They're constantly well, we making reject those the idea of pure evil. I, I yeah. mean, even even in in the wake of nine eleven, you know, the the pro let's go attack the uh, mm-hmm. you know let's go attack uh, and now now I'm not gonna Al Qaeda. Mm-hmm. You know, the main thing was like they are evil. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We must stop evil. We will eradicate it. Mm-hmm. But then there's also the other movement that's like, no, 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 no. You got to think of the cultural factors and the history of that area. Mm-hmm. And so that that will always run concurrent yeah. with one another. So I think the fun of something like The Exorcist is that it is just an evil. It's pure evil. You yeah. know, and, and that way there's no popular kind of genre thing. of horror. You know, it's I think the, same the other reason. the other thing that gets people is it comes from nowhere, out of nowhere, and mm-hmm. there's no way to control it. Yeah, that's no the thing that gets me. It, well, hey, here's I just realized this. Here's another thing. Here's a horror movie where we don't have to go out of our way to explain why. How come they're not using their cell phones? How come they're not? Blah, 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 blah. Uh, yeah. It's because that. The, it, why? How would that help? It doesn't it, matter. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. matter. It's when when Tarantino was writing Inglorious Bastards. He he said he's like I'm aware that a lot of Nazi soldiers weren't Nazis they right. were just you know countrymen yeah, that, that fought their, for the country yep. or they were drafted so what you know he's like but it's great to use them in a movie because Nazi you throw that word on it it's an unexplainable completely extinguishable evil yep and that makes it fun for a movie like that mm-hmm. that is just supposed to be a bloodbath yeah we can he's like we don't need to have any kind of a background mm-hmm. and that's why he chose to write it that way write it that way so I, I think that is part of you know, and that movie's a lot of fun in that. It's gleeful yeah. destruction of evil. And I think that definitely resonates with, with totally. exorcisms. And that really makes me want to watch that Emily Rose thing. You need to. Because yeah, I, I really love the idea this. of an exorcism like going down and then them being like, was it an exorcism or did some priests just torture a little girl? Yeah. You know, like yeah, that's... It, there's, um, and what's her name? Uh, Dexter. Did you watch, guys watch Dexter? Uh, oh, I, yeah. I watched the first season. <laughs> Whoever plays Deb, she's oh, okay. Emily Deb. Rose. Deb. Oh, Deb. But she's great in it. She's got yeah. like those big beady eyes <laughs> that can really look terrified and be terrifying. I liked Deb. I like her. She yeah. thinks she's great. I think Did you ever see Quarantine? It's a remake of a superior Portuguese film called Wreck. Yeah. And Wreck I haven't is seen the best. She's in that? She's yeah, in it's, it's a shot for shot remake of that and she's the lead and you know, just go watch Wreck. But mm-hmm. as it goes, she does a wonderful job. That's great. Uh, you want to bring it in for the the close? We have final parting thoughts on really the Exorcist. Coming we're we're oh, coming wow. up on an hour. We're getting there. Yeah. What uh, I mean, it's What did like, you want to hit? What What can we What can we say about the Exorcist that hasn't been said the, by a million different cultural you know touchstones? I, ju- I just think it's like worth noting like what the way that this movie decides. I mean, this is what's worth noting at the end of it is is the to me is the is the pacing of this horror movie right? Like this is a horror movie. It is considered the scariest movie of all time, and it is unlike any horror movie you'll have watched in the last two decades. Mm. It is much slower, but by no means boring. Uh, yeah. It's very deliberate in the way that it sort the of. The first act is a downright mystery. Yeah, it, it unveils information very slowly, um, but all of that keeps a mystery to it that that does add this whole aspect to it that a lot of horror movies do not have, which is it, it is a legitimate what's going on here, but not the what's going on of like. 
what supernatural thing might be doing this? It's like a literal, like, well, there's like murders that are happening over the course of this movie that people need to know who murdered who. There's all kinds of stuff. There's a lot at play. There's a lot of characters at play in this movie. I was talking to Joe about this earlier. There's a lot of characters at play in this movie. And for a horror, like, I feel like most movies in general, you go like, wow, look at that cast. It's about one fucking guy. Mm -hmm. It's really about that one dude. This movie, like, very much gives every character their due. Uh, which is why it's a little lengthy. Uh, w- although we watched a cut that's a little fatter. I mean, even if you this was uh, the uncut version runs to two hours and twelve minutes. Yep. So the original cuts two hours and two minutes. Yeah. That's still a big it's, movie. It's still a big yeah. movie. Uh, it's never boring. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's all fascinating, and the way that they are able to. I was actually very pleased with this. A lot of what Friedkin does in the editing is he goes, "All right, I'm telling you like three story threads simultaneously, and we're just going to cut from one to one to one uh, every five minutes or so. You know, we're mm. just going to pace one along, just cut right into another one, pace that along, cut back right back to the other one, back and forth, back and forth, until suddenly these characters that have had disparate stories for an hour are reaching the nexus of meeting." And we suddenly realize why we have all the backstory for all of them. I thought that was like fascinating. That is like a really interesting filmmaking technique that uh, probably still gets used, but maybe not as dramatic. I think it as comes from the fact that it is based on a novel. Yeah. That is the exact structure of a novel. Die Hard. Mm-hmm. And so when you take Friedkin, you know, the the version that we did not watch, the the version you have seen. Um, <laughs> You know that, and that's where the filmmaker comes in and goes, "Okay, let's make it more cinematic and let's yeah. streamline this." But at the end of the day, there's still that that novelistic approach mm-hmm. that is just a bunch of threads that eventually get tied up or not. We talked about that with Die Hard a lot. Die Hard works as well as it does because every character gets given their due, and that's partly because it's based on a book. Where that's that's what you do with a book. You yeah. know, everybody has a three act structure. I feel like uh, this film overall, it just. I mean, you said it, it still stands the test of time. Totally. It's the perfect example of, you know, great sound design, great makeup, great cinematography, and a great. Makeup. Oh my God, the makeup! We don't really have an hour! Uh, it, can we talk about the makeup? We can. You're the one Give at least 30 seconds to Von Sydow's makeup because you, you had really great things to say about that. I thought as we were. As so well, Dick Smith. Dick Smith. Dick Smith. Yeah. Hero. It, it's it's old age makeup. Yeah. Uh, is the older priest, and I'm just staring at the makeup. You see no lines. I don't know where it began or even his hands. Yeah, yeah I his hands that's old. Great. And yep. and his performance like really the, sells those yeah, makeup shaking effects. Shaking hands. Yeah. You you know you feel like this is a guy that's falling apart. And then, uh, I mean, Reagan's monster makeup is when her so leg slices open. So good. Like, I think the most impressive makeup, and it, and just because it's it's so subtle, is on Ellen Burstyn, because she midway through the movie, as she's reacting to all this, she has a bruise in her face from yeah. when she got hit. They definitely frame her as, and even the way she dresses with the bonnet yep. and the big yep. sunglasses, she is the battered housewife. Yep. You know, she mm-hmm. takes that. But the makeup really works. Like there was a way to make that look hokey, and they didn't do that. Yeah. It looked yeah. She like, looks like clearly drained throughout. Yes. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And that's partially her performance. But there's makeup putting bags on her eyes, the mm-hmm. bruise on her face. That's impressive stuff. I mean, if you're do to quote God on Futurama, <laughs> if you do it right, people won't be sure you did anything and, at all. I mean, <laughs> and, and honestly, until you mentioned yeah. that Max von Sydow was in makeup, yeah, my not... thoughts watching this movie were like, man, he's got to be like a hundred by now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And he's... Wh- which actually is the reality, but he still shouldn't have looked that old at this point. <laughs> and he's it just like, shows he's probably you that... eighty-five now. Yeah, yeah, somewhere yeah. there, he's up there. Yeah, I mean, makeup is extremely important. I mean, a lot mm. of a lot of horrors. Depend on CG, and they right, depend yeah, on. Yeah, that. Yeah, but yeah, Walking yeah. Dead's done great with with practical and CG, I, and I just really think that this film shows the importance of a good special effects, a good makeup oh, yeah. artist, and 
I believe that you can't shoot, put something in a film and shoot it unless it's right in front of you. Mm-hmm. Like you can, you can make oh, a CG we talk about monster, that so much. but it's not really there until you have it in front Don't of you Don't make it on look camera. like you did it. Make it happen and film it. That's, yeah. Yep. yeah. And that's the way movies were made. And that's why this was made in 1973 and it's still a great it, film. It really, ho- actually it super holds up if you're talking about like specifically effects and makeup and stuff. Like I would, he th- was the, the pioneer. This film yeah. like, started, I'd say it, it excels by today's standards uh, simply I mean. because oh, yeah. there's no laziness there. I wouldn't even question We made it, it on there. You know what I mean? Like I, I, uh, you there was one thing that really bugged me in this version. In the scene where she pukes the, the pea soup, yeah. uh, the one shot that I know is not in the original just because the way it looks is they actually show it exiting her mouth. Yeah. And usually it's an off angle and then it hits That's him. That's what I thought. But when it's exiting her mouth, there is a short amount of CG of it coming out of her mm. mouth that upset me like, because nah. it was so much more effective just to show it hit him. Yeah. yeah. And then, you know, the hose I mean, next little her, things like they dropped the temperature in that room and the way oh, they yeah. lit it, you could see their breath. The breath. Like, yeah. Oh, I can count on two it, hands. Can you imagine the if that was CG that breath? Can that, you see it all the time Dan now. CG it up. Breath, yeah. yeah. You see it all the time and it's like, no, just fuck it. They just chilled a room. Yeah. And you felt the tension in that room. It was cold. And they look yeah. cold. Yeah. Nothing like warm actors acting cold. Just get them no, cold. Make them cold. Make them cold. Yeah, absolutely. So. It's uh, for like nowadays, in order for a movie to do any of that, it's because they ran into a limitation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like here, it was just that. That's just the nature of the beast. Yeah. Well, and it makes you. I mean, the, to to just tie, as we come into the close to tie it back around to American Exorcist, uh, it does make you go like. I mean, this was 1973, and it probably cost them a lot of money to do it. It's 2015 right now. We could do that for $10. Why aren't we? Why are we trying to spend the money on the digital effects to make it look like we did it? Spend the $10 to fucking do it. Well, digital effects have also become very cheap. I I know. Um, A lot of uh, technically practical effects. I read an article all about the popularity of CGI blood splatter. Yeah. And the main reason why is because directors are like, yeah, if we fuck it up, we have to clean the set yep. and then reset yeah. the shot. Well, don't get me wrong. There is a place for CG. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And mm-hmm. it, with the skills of makeup artists and practical effects artists, it's great to have CG because you can fix small things that you couldn't mm-hmm. fix back in the mm-hmm. 70s. But now I feel like a lot of people are just depending on CG yeah. heavily when they should just be, you know, flirting the two together and just having them mesh together. Uh, and CG can be used as makeup. Yes. Uh, you know? I mean, uh, weird example, but Scorsese has actually become kind of famous on film blogs in recent years for like using great subtle CG in his oh, movies. Yeah. He, his movies are full of CG effects that you just don't realize because all they are are just like, yeah, we actually, they're th- the office building they're sitting in is not real. It's just a set, and we just green screen like some stuff in the windows oh, outside. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. you know, full of just really I was watching little simple stuff. Ang like Lee's that. Hulk the other day. Yeah. And one of the things that I noticed about it is Jennifer Connolly has brown eyes. Yep. In Hulk, she has green eyes. Boom. And it's the smallest thing that you would yeah. never notice, but it just matches the palette. Boom. Beautiful. Yeah. It's a, and so that's the way, as you're saying, it's like there is a way to use CG that is about the artistry mm-hmm. of film, that is about trying don't to lean bring, on it. Use right, it. trying to bring yeah. something to life that you that you couldn't otherwise, yeah, right? Because Onto you know the screen. what? Those special effects makeup artists are really talented. Yes. And they, they need jobs. Yes. yes. Oh, yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, I don't I w- like CGI ragdolls. I like fucking yeah. stuntmen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's what I like. Oh, Dan and I get so excited every time we see a stuntman on fire. Oh, it's amazing. Because <laughs> that never happens anymore. No remember, one likes Remember in Face anymore. Off, no. the stuntmen that oh. were clearly not them, and it was still infinitely more effective than, yes. than if it was just the most perfect Travolta yeah. CGI. I did my own stunts in this movie. I'm Hell oh, yeah. yeah, right on. Yeah. Badass. Yeah, I mean, because well, we're low budget, can't afford a stunt double. But yeah. Yeah. we can afford some hip padding and a mat, yeah. so we're good to go. 
I, my final thought on Exorcist, yes. and this is, uh, before we derailed, my final thought on this is what, what I think so cool about this movie is I try to put myself in a place like, imagine you live in a world where you never heard Led Zeppelin. <laughs> and then Led Zeppelin releases Zeppelin 1, and you're like, fuck, this is a thing that can happen? Yeah. yeah. That would floor you. Yep. This is the cinematic equivalent yeah. of that. Absolutely, you know, like yeah. we, we now, you know, we have a million different Zeppelin yep. ripoffs. We have a million different exorcism movies. Yep. But like at that moment, it was just, oh, you thought you saw Scary? Oh, you liked Rosemary's Baby? Great. Check this out. Check this shit out. And then yeah. suddenly it's like, shit, I didn't even know what I knew. Oh, yeah. That's cool. And yeah. I, I think that's why it holds up today is because it did change the game. Yeah, you know, I just realized another just interesting thing about it is uh, the villainous evil is at the forefront the whole time. This is not yeah. a horror movie where it's in the shadows and it takes a while before we get mm. to see it. It is fucking on screen the, the whole time it's there. And we know it, but they don't yeah, know it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, dramatic irony, baby. Dramatic irony. Pretty fascinating. Uh, So, Joe, we'll we'll bring it into a closer real quick. But one of the things we like to do is just like, have you seen anything lately recently you'd like to recommend? I always um, talk about the Babadook. Oh, man. Oh, man. I I think that's been recommended a lot. Oh, Oh, my God. Man, do I like that. I had uh, Tony and and Johnny watch that because they were like, sound design is like really important. I'm like, watch the Mm -hmm. Babadook, man. It was great. I think I've watched that movie like four times. I did, too. I love it. I really like that movie. It, I mean, uh, what a beautiful story of uh, about loss uh, yeah. overall, right? I mean, it's it's so interesting. It, it and the um, mother son dynamic, like yes. those two actors. Oh my god, they were so good. Everything about it, and it's a female uh, Australian director. Mm-hmm. Uh, and thing, the thing that I really liked about the Babadook was it really decided what it wanted to show you and what it didn't want to show you. Yeah, and it left a lot to your imagination. Oh, totally. I mean, it was a uh, um, um, God. What movie am I trying to think of now? Sorry, The Evil Dead. Uh, you know, he he didn't really have the money to put the sort of big demon that he wanted to be at the center of it into mm. the movie. Yeah. So he creates Raimi Vision, the shaky cam, so that oh, you just yeah. have this first person it's perspective awesome. of it. She utilized that technique in oh, the yeah. Babadook to great effect. That whole car well, sequence. We actually talked yeah. about this in the past with the Babadook is there's nothing in it that expressly says there's any sort of no. actual monster attacking. No. no. It could be read as just a, the uh, struggles of a single mother. Mm-hmm. Could yeah, be read as depression, mental illness, all kinds of things, you know? Uh, but that car sequence, I think, is one of my favorite things in that movie, and it is terrifying. It very much suggests the idea of a monster. Mm-hmm. You never fucking see a monster through that whole sequence. It's it. That's but if it's in a movie. song, yeah, or it's yeah. in a book, can't escape can't the Duck. from Dan Anda. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I mean, really like that movie. That's yeah. a great recommendation. This was my recommendation a million times, but it follows comes out this week. So I if you're lucky enough to be around that, that yeah. see that. But uh, my recommendation for uh, oh man, my recommendation for this week. I've been watching a lot of good shit. Yeah. Um, wait, I just had it in my head. Is oh, oh yeah, girl walks home alone at night. Oh, um, oh. A girl walks home alone at night is currently playing locally. We need to ask you about this. Um, it is a really really cool movie. It's it? definitely a mood piece. Mm-hmm. It's Iranian, even though it was shot in Southern California. Oh weird. It is just uh, I don't know how to describe it because it's not like much happens, but mm-hmm. it's just. It's so odd to me that in a time where I'm tired of vampires, two of my favorite movies this year were vampire movies, uh-huh. What We Do in the Shadows being the other one. But A Girl Walks Home Alone Tonight is just some really, really stylish, stylish filmmaking. But I don't think it lacks substance. Mm. I would really like to see it again to to just see what the character work on display is. But it is a fucking hip, cool-ass movie with a killer soundtrack and awesome, awesome black and white I mean, color palette's not the right word, but just this <laughs> awesome viewpoint to it. And uh, I wouldn't say that it's scary, 
but it's it's unsettling. It's a mood piece, and it's unlike anything I've ever seen. Uh, a girl walks home alone tonight is awesome, and I great. believe it's playing in Philly for one more week. So get on it cool. if you can. Definitely merits a big screen viewing. I uh, I'll make this quick. I saw Valhalla Rising. Oh Rising? God! Oh, yeah. Surely, yeah. Uh, it is a Nicholas Winding Refn movie. The guy that did Drive and Bronson. Yeah. Uh, and uh, it and is, only God forgives, baby. That movie. I, I gotta is watch so that. I know it's on crazy. Netflix right now. I'm gonna watch that. Uh, I I actually really liked Valhalla Rising. It, it's a really weird movie. Uh, and uh, just so Mads to, Mikkelsen. Yeah, I mean, to, mm. to just as a just a loose description to maybe get people interested, uh, it's about a, a mute one-eyed warrior who uh, kills his master, kidnaps his son, and then gets on a boat with a bunch of Christian crusaders, gets lost at sea, and ends up in North America hundreds of years before Christopher Columbus will ever land there. Uh, and it is a real fucking nightmare. I've actually guy. heard it described as a group of Vikings go through what might literally be hell. Be hell, yeah. Yeah, that's uh, so wow. cool. Yeah, that is probably the easiest way to describe it. Uh, it's really interesting. All right. Uh, and one of the things out. I liked about it, I just real quick, one of the things I liked about it, and to give it a parallel to something that's happening right now, I saw Kingsman last week as well. I like Kingsman a lot. Uh, uh, Matthew Vaughn's new movie. It's very fun. Uh, both of those movies do something that I don't think I've really ever seen people do, although I'm, I'm going to bet there's maybe some, uh, I'm going to call them reverse exorcism movies out there that might exist that do this. It paints Christians as pure villains. Valhalla Rising just goes, oh, Christians are bad people. Like, it just like makes no bones about it. Like, no, they're just bad people. They're evil. They do bad oh, things. Oh, you also have to think in a, I mean... In a historical sense. Yes. Of course, that's not necessarily a, a historical... I mean, it's a pretty fan, fantastical a- movie without being objectively fantastical. Absolutely. But, uh, yeah, it's... Uh, it, it just you know, treats them like villains, and that is a very uncommon thing. I think thing, it I condemns think, blind faith. Yes. And I think we see a lot of blind faith in Christianity. I think what Valhalla Rising specifically is trying to do is go like, hey, there was a time when even the most natural phenomenon could only be explained by mystical bullshit. Yeah. That was the only way to even explain the most natural things happening I mean, it around you. still happens you. this day. And because of that, people were fucking insane. Because people just believed weird shit was yeah. happening around them. So they made mm. insane decisions. But uh, Kingsman does a similar thing. Kingsman just goes, Christians... Bullshit. They're awful. F- fuck them. Well, they just do that so that you can have a great scene oh, of, of Colin Firth just of course, fucking murdering think about people. This. I made this comparison in my review. That's the same thing that Tarantino did. It's the exact point you made about Nazis. They did the same thing that Tarantino did with Nazis, but the about something that we don't feel that way The only thing that I would say makes it different about. is that they were all, much like Colin Firth's character, being affected by the chemical. Yeah, but they were also using racial slurs oh, yeah, and yeah. saying, like, faggot and stuff. Like, they were very specifically trying to oh, paint no, no. them as purely I'm not evil disagreeing. People. I just think it's... it's there There is a, that one little extra thing is that they were being more open about their hatreds because yeah. of the gas. Oh, uh, yeah, except that they didn't turn the gas on until they had already done all the racial slurs and everything. That That mm. is very explicit. That trigger is not pulled until well after they've said horrible, horrible oh, things. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, I'm just saying, like, the, like that unearths it for that scene. Yeah. Well, it unearths the violence, but they yeah, they, yeah. they are painted as evil people oh, from the beginning before absolutely. that trigger is pulled for sure. Oh no, and I'm I not disagreeing that. at all. Yeah. We, I love that. We don't you don't see that. No, there, you there don't. may be That's... some because I've heard Kevin Smith reference this that as much as there are devil worship movies that were mm-hmm. very popular in the 70s, there are a few examples of of God worship movies of angel worship movies. He yeah. calls them from uh, the same period. God told me to kill Larry yeah. Cohen. Yeah. Baller. It's awesome there, there shit. are some examples of this in that period of like oh Christians are bad, but I feel like it's super rare. That we get, they get painted as just 
purely there's not even a good one. They're mm. all just fucking horrible. And I, I I don't know why, but I love that. I thought that was great. Yeah. That anyway, that was too much of a point about uh, Valhalla Horizon. Watch no, but yeah, and Kingsman kicks ass. And, and Kingsman <laughs> is really cool. Kingsman kicks ass. Yeah. That scene is badass. Yeah. Uh, Kingsman is very cool. So uh, I think we can close this thing out. Let's do I don't plugs. have any negative reviews for Blood The Exorcist. Uh, yeah. It was an 87%. Any negative review was like, nah, it didn't stick with yeah, me. Yeah. In fact, I so bet all the negative reviews on Rotten Tomatoes are negative reviews of this re release, yeah. probably. Just going like, you know what? Honestly, I wish it wasn't the re release. I would say I could do with Without the ghost face in the, the kitchen. Yeah. yeah, the the face inclusion was. It dumb. seems yeah. every review is just a version of like my dick hurts. That's <laughs> yeah. all it is. So you know. Uh, so real quick plugs. Uh, we can lay yours out again one more time. All right, AmericanExorcistMovie.com. Find us on Kickstarter. If you're too poor to donate, share it. Hell yeah! Uh, on your Facebook, on Twitter, but even if you donate a dollar, like it's some, you yeah. know, yeah. put some in. Help. I mean, yeah. You can also find uh, me on Twitter at Joe Pincushion. Awesome. So. Uh, and you work with Scrabble TV and some yes, other Scrabble organizations TV, as well. Yes, Scrabble TV. I have a show called Creepy Basement. Awesome. Uh, where I interview uh, weird people in my creepy basement, which Super is awesome. Super cool. Uh, and uh, yeah, check out Scrabble TV. We have lots of content for people that like to stay up late and smoke pot. <laughs> Perfect for me and Dan. Uh, <laughs> I did a Comic Con for Scrabble that TV. That's right. Yes, yeah. you did. With I, I just said that. Like, oh yeah, we're in that video together. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Philadelphia. That's with an F. You can find the show on Twitter at I Like Two Movie. That's with the number two. I Like Two Movie. Uh, you can find us on Facebook.com slash I Like Two Movie. Same link there. Uh, and uh, come see Movie Movie Live on uh, Thursday. It might be a Thursday. I don't even know. April 16th. April 16th. It's a Thursday. Uh, I'm going to a concert the Friday. So yeah, perfect. We're good. Uh, yes. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Dan Scully. Uh, log on to Cinadelphia.com. The Cinadelphia Film Festival starts on April 9th. Hell yeah, there will be some preview screenings happening starting the 1st of April. Runs through much of the month, and I'm going to be covering a lot of it. So check out Cinadelphia.com. Um, you can check out just movie reviews and shit there. And uh, you can link to just about everything each and every one of us mentioned at supercrappyfuntime.com. And uh, stay tuned. We're going to have a movie movie website within the next couple months. So we so, should yeah. have everything put together. But um, Oh, yeah. hey, look up my Letterboxd. Go to letterboxd.com slash Philadelphia. I review every movie I watch now. Uh, I've got about 110 reviews up there. Wow. Boom. Uh, all right, cool. Uh, so we're going to bring this in for the close. You will just pick this up as we go, I promise. I know that's you can see on your wait, face this huh? is really going to scare yeah. you. Wait, 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 I promise it's not scary. Listen to me talk really fast and you'll get it. Uh, uh, I already okay. forgot how to do this. I got it. <laughs> My name is Dan Scully and I like to movie movie. My name is Garrett Smith and I like to movie movie. My name is Joe Pincushion and I like to movie movie. And we all know that you like to movie movie because we like to movie.